Hi, this is Alana, and you are joining us for the Praying Christian Women podcast with me and Jamie. How's it going, Jamie? It's going well. How are you doing? Doesn't it? I'm good. It feels so much better doing what we're used to, where I say the intro and then I say, how's it going, Jamie, <laughs> as opposed to last time where it was flip-flopped. I know I'm not sweating like I was last time. I feel so much better, and more, more calm and collected. I'm so glad. <laughs> well, today we're giving you all listening part two of our episode of Praying Through the 10 Steps of Forgiveness. So you can totally start here, even if you didn't listen to last time's. Uh, last time we talked about the 10 steps of forgiveness and how to pray through those 10 steps. And when I say the 10 steps, please don't think that this is like, you know, a super formal or formulaic or the rules. Um, it's just a process that I have found helpful. And so we talked about it a little bit in kind of theoretical terms in our previous episode. And what we want to do now is give some more kind of real life examples of how you would walk yourself or even walk somebody else through these steps. So how about, I'll give us a really quick recap of the steps just for people who need, you know, to catch up or maybe you listened to it a week ago and, you know, it's, uh, I don't, <laughs> I don't retain everything. So here are the 10 steps kind of straightforward. If you listened to last week and you were like in the car or something and you were thinking to yourself, man, I should write these down, here is your chance. Um, and then what we're going to dive into is just seeing these steps in action, right? Like some people really like learning the theory behind things, which is what we talked about in our last episode. Some people like the experience of actually seeing it played out. So if you're more the kind of person who, if you need to learn how to assemble a washing machine, you need like somebody to actually like have your hands on it and doing it, <laughs> this will be the episode that you might uh, remember better. So, all right, 10 steps are acknowledging your anger. Step two is acknowledging your disappointment or hurt. Step three is acknowledging any fear that you're experiencing. Step four is admitting what you are sorry about. Step five is admitting, like, what you really wanted. Step six uh, through 10 are the more feel-good <laughs> steps. So six is gratitude. Seven is love, eight is compassion, nine is forgiveness itself, which is our goal, and 10 is appreciation. So I know we went through those really, really fast, and especially if you hadn't heard our previous episode, you might be like, huh, what? So now we want to take the opportunity to walk you through these steps. Before we do that, Jamie, would you open us up in prayer? Yeah, I just realized during our last, our last like part one, I don't think I ever prayed. I did this introduction and I don't think I ever got to the prayer part. So I should pray twice this time to like catch us no, up. No, no, no. I, I opened us up in prayer. Like everything last episode was. Oh, you off. did. Okay. Cause I have no recollection of opening us up. In, okay. Thank goodness. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's pray. Now, now God will make sure that episode is blessed, right? <laughs> yes. All right. Okay, God, thank you so much for this time to come together and talk about forgiveness and just, um, I just think it's such a needed topic. I know it is in my life and I'm sure it is in so many others. We just pray that you would help us um, as we kind of talk through forgiveness to 
be able to untangle our thoughts and that you would bring to mind situations where we need to process forgiveness in certain ways. God, we just pray that you would constantly keep us in tune with, um, with our, uh, our need to forgive and, and help us to understand even more so that depth of forgiveness that you've given to us. I know that when we understand that, when we grasp it more fully, it helps us to be able to to give out forgiveness in a way that we can't without that understanding. So just bless this time. Help us to just speak words that are straight from you and um, guide and direct our conversation to bless others. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. So we're going to give you listening to kind of hypothetical scenarios where I'm going to help walk Jamie through the 10 steps of forgiveness, and then she'll help walk me through the 10 steps of forgiveness, just so that you can get a feel for the process. Uh, if you haven't thought of it yet, I would encourage you to have in mind a person or like a, a tragedy or a stressor that you kind of want to work through these steps through with us. Um, like we talked about in the last episode, we think about forgiveness and we think about forgiving people, right? But sometimes you can even, our second example we'll give you today is even like walking through these steps to, um, to overcome like trauma or sadness. So it doesn't have to be like a person who wronged you, although that's going to be our, our first example. So Miss Jamie, the guinea pig, are you ready? I am. If I knew the noise that a guinea pig made, I might make that noise right now just to let you know that I'm on board. <laughs> I'm going to guess it's probably like a combination between a squeak and a high-pitched grunt. Don't yeah, you think? I think it probably is, but I, I, yeah, I don't think I can do it justice, but I think you're probably right. Probably not, but if it helps, I am picturing your nose wiggling and I'm picturing you with whiskers. So if that, if that does it to make you the guinea pig, I think we're set. If we were on video Zoom, I'm sure that there's a way that I could give myself whiskers. <laughs> That's right, right. Or a guinea pig face or something. something. Yeah, that would be oh. so smart. Oh, well. And a little distracting, but that's okay. Yes. All righty. Do you, do you want to dive right in or do you want to uh, give a tiny bit of backstory? Because I have no idea what the event is or the person is that we're walking okay. you through. And okay. I don't know how much you want to divulge either. Yeah, I'll give a backstory. It's a really, it's something I've talked okay. about on the podcast. My husband and I, it's, it's like so regular with us that it's something I have no problem sharing. It's a real struggle okay. that we have. Um, so I am very, uh, like I'm very people pleasing in general and mm -hmm. I'm very like, uh, how do I say this? Like I'm super concerned about the way people perceive me. And so when I interact with people, usually it's pretty polite and, you know, it, like, I don't know my husband, on the other hand, he is just very much his own person. He just sort of tells it like it is. And right. so the conflict that we have is I'm sensitive. I'm a very sensitive person and I care mm -hmm. so much about what he thinks that if I'm not like, I'm, I have this constant like need for approval and mm -hmm. that's not how he operates. So when he talks to me, he kind of tells right. it like it is. So we have this ongoing thing that I'm, it's kind of an ongoing struggle with me in terms of like, 
the we've talked about the layering of when something happens over and over again and you sort of build up that's like yes. the tolerance gets less and less until you blow up and mm -hmm. respond in a way that's disproportionate to the the offense well we mm -hmm. we kind of regularly go through this and we're getting better about communicating but when he speaks to me in a way that I perceive to be not not gentle enough or without enough mm -hmm. care. And so we both right. have a role to play there. Like he recognizes that mm -hmm. he can be gruff. He can be, tell it like it is. Mm -hmm. And I recognize right. that I have a role to play as well, that I can be overly sensitive mm -hmm. and project things yes. even when he's not meaning them. So that's my backstory. Right. Okay, great. So step one, and just as a caveat, like these are steps that you can, they're meant to be done prayerfully where you're actually like talking to God about, you know, about these steps. It, it might be like a little awkward for us to do it that way for all 10 of these steps, but just keep in mind, like this, this all happens in a spirit of prayer. What you see Jamie and I walking through, it, it probably won't be like, we're going to stop and pray over each issue. We're going to talk through it, but keep in mind, this is um, a ritual that is most effective when it's, you know, when it's completely prayerful. So that being said, the first step is just acknowledging what it is that makes you angry. And I know what we talked about before, like sometimes for people like you and me who are people pleasers, even acknowledging anger or allowing ourselves to feel anger is a scary kind of emotion. So in as much as you're comfortable on a public podcast, what are kind of the specifics that make you angry and how does that anger feel? Yeah. And it's funny because I even, as I'm thinking about this first step, I was like, well, it's not really anger. It's more like, I know, hurt. but it's true. We need to <laughs> acknowledge the anger head on. I would say the thing that makes me angry and the thought, the angry thought that goes through my mind, because I would say that the number one feeling that comes through at least that manifests itself is hurt. But the anger is mm -hmm. in, I wouldn't talk to you this way. I don't, I don't right. speak to you this way. This is not how I mm -hmm. interact. Um, this is unfair. And I'm angry because okay. I feel like it's not fair because I do this. You're not doing what I think. You're not acting like me. Right. That makes so, so much sense. Um, I had a question that I was going to ask. Oh, I was going to ask you in addition to that. Uh, and this is going to be good, especially for people like you and me who don't like we, we run away from the feeling of anger. If you were to explain the kind of physiological sensations of when, when it's not just like a tiny bit angry, but when you're kind of at your worst, <laughs> where mm -hmm. this is like a bigger problem than average, how does that feel? What are the kind of physiological things that happen? Um, probably I feel like that tightness in your chest and you feel like kind mm -hmm. of the, like, uh, I don't know, like the, just the feeling of wanting to maybe verbally say things that you wouldn't normally say to that person or mm -hmm. to the, mm -hmm. to the sky. Um, right. I guess probably just uh, like in my case, I think it would be like a almost a trapped feeling because mm -hmm. I tend not to let my anger out in constructive ways. I just go from totally fine to temper tantrum. So it's a oh, trap. It's, yeah. tra it's a trapped feeling. You're for a me. pressure cooker. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Right. Yeah. Feeling trapped. I, I think that's a really good explanation. You know, I, I know that there are going to be people listening who are going to be like, why do I want to dwell on what my anger feels like? And I'm, I want to address that real quick before we move on. First of all, this doesn't have to be like an hour where you just allow yourself to feel as angry as possible, right? This can be like a 30 second. This is what I'm angry about. This is, this is what I notice about my anger. But one of the things that I like, like the first, the first five steps or so, uh, especially the first three, they're the ones that don't feel good. <laughs> and so you might jump into this being like, I thought forgiveness was supposed to be like a, a healthy, process and you're making me think about things that like they feels counterintuitive why would I start a forgiveness ritual with feeling angry or confessing my anger um, and what it reminds me of have you ever done those relaxation things like people do before bedtime where you practice like you squeeze a muscle group mm-hmm. and then you let it out yeah I feel like that's exactly what we're doing right like we're bringing the negativity to the surface so that we can be cleansed from it we talked in our last episode about this truly is a cleansing ritual that we can go through so great job Jamie I know it's it's sometimes hard to talk through these things step two is acknowledging any times where you feel disappointment or hurt and doing the exact same thing what does that disappointment feel like or what does that hurt feel like yeah well I the hurt in in to me my the the feeling that i feel when i'm hurt or disappointed in our marriage really mm-hmm. almost feels like heartbrokenness like the same kind of heart like just the physical feeling of it mm-hmm. can Aww. feel can feel yeah. like the same feeling that i have felt before when i've lost someone that i cared about or when mm-hmm. something very sad has happened and it's just that like you know that that heartbrokenness feeling and um uh-huh. the way it manifests though in my mind is this like negative self-talk it's like I get hurt mm. and it, it's like Aww. well it's because I'm not worthy to be spoken to in a nice way or it's mm-hmm. because I'm you know if I'm disappointed then it kind of turns into um well it's not worth it I'm just gonna walk away you know I'm gonna disengage uh-huh and so I right. want to, I have that avoidance feeling like, okay, if mm-hmm. I'm going to be hurt, I want to run away from this because I don't want to be, I don't want to engage with this hurt because typically when, when you have a conversation, like a constructive conversation with someone about something that hurts you, um, mm-hmm. I, I've, we said this in the last episode, I have a tendency or no, I guess I said this earlier in this episode, <laughs> I have a tendency to want to move past it quickly and not rest yes. in that uncomfortable hurt and pain. So I either wallow in it quietly in my mind, or I walk away from it altogether and just move on mm-hmm. and, and, and do something else and try to forget fast so that we don't have to have any kinds of, you know, processing or acknowledging publicly and verbally. Right. Right. And what I love about what you're doing is like you're noticing the behavior and just acknowledging it. It's not. And therefore, I'm a terrible person because this is my pattern. It's just recognizing what your pattern is. So, mm-hmm. again, great job. <laughs> and I don't say that to be condescending. Like it, it's, it's hard to go through these and talk through these. Um, okay. Last of the really icky ones is we're diving now into our fear. So what is it that you're afraid of when these, these events come up? 
And then what we're really trying to get to is what are you really, really afraid of? Because maybe your first answer is, well, I'm afraid my husband's mad at me. But what you're really, really afraid of is he's going to abandon you and, you know, you're going to end up destitute. You know what I mean? Like, so as deep as you want to go, what are the fears that come up? So I think the first fear is probably that he doesn't care about me, that the reason he's talking this way or that he has addressed this thing in this way is that he doesn't care about me or that he doesn't. um, I think the thought that comes through my mind and the thing that I've said to him in anger before has been, well, you, you know, I'm your wife. I'm not someone you work with or one of your friends, you know, I'm, I should be treated differently. Mm -hmm. So I think my fear would be that I'm not cherished, that I'm not different Mm -hmm. and special Mm -hmm. to him, which I know for a fact isn't Mm -hmm. true, but that is what, that is what that fear is, is, well, maybe, maybe this is because I'm not valued or loved. Um, I think another Mm -hmm. fear could be that, and I guess this would be the fear in, uh, the fear in pushing forward in engaging with with the conflict is the fear that it could lead to, you know, ultimately a splitting up or something, you know, which I know again, wouldn't Mm -hmm. happen, but it's just one of those things where it's like, well, maybe there's fear that, well, if, if, uh, if we continue to go through the same cycles and the same problems with Mm -hmm. me being Mm -hmm. sensitive, him being callous, then maybe we will end up, not being able to stay married or be unhappily married. Right. Yeah. Things like that. Yeah. Yeah. And even if you know that, you know, the fear is not valid. I think it's still important to admit that fear, you know, say, God, this is what I'm actually afraid of. I'm afraid that it's going to mean this. And and sometimes, especially if you've got a brain that's really good at connecting a lot of dots at once, Mm -hmm. like, um, I know for me, like I've run into an issue this week with some of the books I'm trying to get published and just some tech issues. And my brain jumps to, if this doesn't get resolved, I'm going to end up like homeless. Like that's, that's how far ahead my brain goes. (laughs) And I know it's ridiculous. I can laugh about it, but I also know just like you need to, let's say that your, your kid is um, terrified of something kind of ridiculous, right? Like Mm -hmm. I'm afraid I'm going to go to the doctor and they're going to give me 50 shots okay, we know that's not really going to happen, but you don't start by laughing at the fear, right? Right. You say, oh, that that is a scary feeling, right? So Mm -hmm. um, again, great job kind of recognizing the fears, even if you can, uh, if if you have ways of talking yourself out of the fear, like you did, like, I know this isn't going to happen. It still is useful to recognize, right? These, these Mm -hmm. steps at the beginning are for noticing. I'm noticing where my mind goes and where my mind goes is it jumps from my husband and I have a conflict to we're going to end up, you know, divorced or we're going to be, you know, in a terrible, horrible marriage. And please, like, please recognize if you're listening, like, because we have a fear of divorce, that doesn't mean we're condoning it or expecting it. But that's where a lot of our minds go. Mm -hmm. Right? Especially if you've got a mind that's really good at jumping 500 steps ahead. (laughs) Right. right. And you can't control everything. And so a legitimate fear could be well, that you're not necessarily, but yeah, maybe he'll leave me. I can't Mm -hmm. control that. So 
Yeah. And and that is quite true. And I think that that's, yeah, sometimes we're afraid to voice our fears. In a case like this, where you're like, before God, confessing your fear, I think it's actually good and healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the time. Most of the time we'll be like, think about the positive things. But in this case, again, what we're doing is we're squeezing the muscles and building tension because we know that we're going to be in the process of letting all that tension go. Mm -hmm. Um, All right. So step four, what are you sorry about? And we've got so many different types of sorry. So this could be things where like, yeah, you've actually done, you need to take responsibility and actually confess and repent of some things. That's part of this. But it could also be like, I'm sorry that in terms of the sorry where I acknowledge that my husband has a stressful job that makes him, you know, talk this way, things like that. So either, either type of sorry, whether you are claiming moral culpability and need to confess and repent or if it's just a a life situation that you are sorry for without it necessarily being your fault what are some of the things you're sorry for so i think the first thing that comes to mind is typically these situations happen when we're having a discussion and we disagree and so i could say that i would be sorry that we can't see eye to eye on things Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. I'm sorry that we have different ways of expressing ourselves. And it's funny because the optimist Mm -hmm. or whatever you would call it, the positivity person in me, uh, the positivity trait or strength makes me want to flip all of them and say, but we're different, but that's a good thing. Right. But, but I am, there's (laughs) there's an element of me that says, I'm sorry that we're different. I'm sorry that we're not more alike. Um, Maybe even I'm sorry that I'm not more tough that I'm not more, uh, that I'm not more secure because I know that a lot of my responses come from insecurity. Um, I'm sorry that I have set a precedent of being quiet for a long Mm -hmm. time to the point of not, not engaging more together. And so if I engaged Mm -hmm. more, maybe we would have better discussions. Um, Uh yeah. Or I'm sorry. You're taking some of the responsibility. Yeah. Yeah, more you help create aggressive. where you're at, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, probably that I'm I'm sorry that I'm uh, that usually there's there's an element of my response that I'm sorry for, whether it's blowing up uh, without any warning mm-hmm. instead of having right. a, a conversation to express how I feel. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, there's usually some kind of element of, of the way that I responded that I'm sorry about. Yeah, no, I love that. And then step five is where you fill in the blank and the prompt kind of is what I really wanted. So if you were thinking about like this relationship with your husband and this pain point, what is it that you truly want? Um, so I want to be cherished. I want to be, mm-hmm. um, you know, basically set apart from other people and, and treated differently from other Mm -hmm. people. Um, I want to be heard and not, uh, not discounted or, um, you know, I think deep down, even if I know that I'm being overly sensitive, I want to be acknowledged and, and heard and for that feeling Mm -hmm. that I feel to be valid, even if it's not logical. Um, yeah, you know, for, for someone, for him to feel bad, that I'm feeling that way, even if what I'm feeling mm-hmm. isn't a logical way to feel. I don't know if that made sense. Yeah. 
Um, oh, it makes a ton of sense. And I love yeah. that you're not sugarcoating it. Like you're not, this is not the time to be like, well, this is what a good Christian wife should want. Right. This is the time where you, you really do. You lay it all out before the Lord. You, you air out your dirty laundry to him so that he can do the cleansing that's required. Right. Because the things that you're sorry for or the fears that you have or the disappointments or the anger don't always come from a, you know, godly cookie cutter, you know, pious place. Mm -hmm. It's it's right. And so acknowledging the stuff that may not sound good or on paper or, you know, that you wouldn't write in a script for what you imagine the perfect person to feel is Probably you're mm-hmm. on the right track if that's the kind of stuff that you're getting For out. Sure. <laughs> yeah, this is practice being vulnerable before God. I think I shared the story once. I went to visit a friend in college who went to a Christian college, and in mm-hmm. their dorm in the bathroom, uh, there were little laminated signs in the shower stalls that said "Pray Naked." And yes. Honestly, like it was, it was fun and it was cute. But I honestly feel like that's a tiny bit of what we're doing, right? We're getting really vulnerable with the Lord. We're, we're not saying things as what we think that we should say. We're saying things as we truly feel them, even though like there's part of us that recognizes that we sound petty or we sound selfish or, you know, any of these things, or we sound like just goofy. Like I had a a glitch on Amazon with one of my books getting up and now I'm afraid that I'm going to like lose my livelihood. You know, like we can, we can recognize that that's a silly concern, while still saying, but God, this actually is how I feel. Mm-hmm. All right. So now we get to get to the fun stuff. So six is probably my favorite. Um, what are all, not all, because that would take us forever. Give us a list of some of the things you're really grateful for about your husband, especially if you're able to, as they relate to this specific pain point, but not right. necessarily only that. Yeah. Well, first of all, just that, I have a husband that he's my husband, um, that he's a Christian, that no matter what Mm -hmm. conflicts we have, I am appreciative that we can, you know, we can pray about it. We can acknowledge that God is at the center of it and can help fix the things that are broken. Um, Mm -hmm. I, I am really grateful for his honesty, even when it's brutal honesty, He's the kind of person that, and my kids love this about him. I can just, especially my boys, uh-huh. they love the yeah. fact, they love, but they hate the fact that, right. um, you know, I'm the cheerleader. I'm always telling them they're great. Mm-hmm. I'm, if they mm-hmm. want to, if they mm-hmm. want to have a contest over something, I will not oh, yeah. judge. <laughs> You're never I, the judge. Me either. I'll never, I'll never do it. My husband will judge yep. and he'll be honest and he'll, he'll have a winner cool. and he'll have a loser and he's brutal sometimes. And, but they mm-hmm. love it. And my oldest son will say, yes. well, if dad tells me that like I did something well, I know that I really did well. And if he says that I did something right. bad, you know, he still knows that he did something bad, but that it, that he's still loved and, 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 and appreciated. Yes. Anyway, Uh so I will say I really do love the fact that he is so upfront about things. It makes me, yeah, um, yeah, it's, there's something very comforting about someone that tells stuff like it is because you always know where you You stand. You know where you stand. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Well, and we can take a, yeah, we can take a step back and appreciate how terrible the world would be, especially from just like a, 
government and political level if everybody was a people pleaser like yeah. you and I are. Oh, that would be a pretty <laughs> you know? funny parody. It would be a terrible world, though. Funny for comedy, terrible to live in. Yes. <laughs> awesome. Um, fabulous. Anything else you want to add? Uh, just kind of blanket about your gratitude toward him? Well, I think that I have seen progress in this area and he has heard me, you know, and we both have heard Mm -hmm. each other and Mm -hmm. and have tried. And as our, you know, we've been married for 21 years now and it's, you know, it's, it's something that I feel there's been progress in and that I am one of the other gratitude things is that we are different that now I get to say my positive. Yes. In one way, I wish mm-hmm. we were the same, but in so many ways, mm-hmm. I'm so glad we're different because I know that God has right. placed us together to sharpen each other and to mm-hmm. grow each other. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm sure, I, I don't mean to put words in your mouth, but I'm sure that there's also like positive things. You've probably developed a uh, thicker skin, which mm-hmm. being in the public eye, like you and I are, we need, you know? And so if you hadn't, if you lived with a husband who every single day was great job, Jamie, everything you do is perfect. <laughs> and then we get one person who emails us because we don't like the way that we close our prayers on the podcast or something that could send you spiraling, mm-hmm. <laughs> but you're getting a little bit of a safe place to practice developing a thicker skin because mm-hmm. of what you're going through. And that's, that's another thing you can add to the uh, gratitude list. <clears throat> Alrighty. Number seven is like just expressions of love. So in a prayer setting, what you would do is you would say like, I love my husband because I love this about my husband. Um, in a strictly like talking to yourself, this could also be like reminding you now it's a little bit easier with a husband because you have a romantic history that you can dwell on. If, the, if we're talking about somebody who's not your your spouse uh, or romantic interest, then, you know, we can still, before God, confess our love for this person in as much detail as we want. Or for some of you, this step might be, and yes, I love Jane, even though she makes my life frustrating, right? Uh, we don't have to dwell on it at a time. You're lucky because, like I said, you've got a romantic history. So what are some of the things that you love about being married to your husband or that you just love about him in general? I love that he, uh, I mean, this is totally unrelated to anything, but he can fix anything. Uh-huh. Our kids, we all joke oh, about nice. how, like, dad, anything breaks. Dad can fix anything. Um He is an optimizer and an improver. So he's constantly looking Mm -hmm. for ways to create systems that will make our lives run better. And that is important because I'm the opposite of that. I am kind of like Mm -hmm. very, um, very opposite of that. I'll just leave it at that. (laughs) And so Uh it's, it's very cool. We complement each other really well in that area. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. I love that we started off as friends. We did not start off romantically. Mm -hmm. Um, We both had significant others and we became, we were friends for years before we even started dating. Mm. And I love that. Um, I love just lots of things. I could go on for a long time. Yeah. I love in the um, the fiction world, you know, we talk about romance tropes and that's always my favorite. It's the, you know, the friends to lovers is what it's called in the romance industry. That's mm-hmm. why I got so mad the first time I read Little Women and Joe ended up not marrying Lori. I'm like, that is the stupidest thing because he is your best friend. So that's, that's my literary soapbox. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> All righty. Uh, back to our steps. So step eight is, um, 
fostering a sense of compassion. So however that could look like, that could be putting yourself in your husband's shoes. Maybe it might look like, I've talked about all of the ways that his behavior impacts me. Now maybe I'm going to walk in his shoes and think about how my sensitivity impacts him. You know, maybe he feels like he's got to always be walking on eggshells around me. Um, it can be that sort of thing, or it could be a little bit more of just like thinking about him and having a sense of compassion, trying to see him through God's eyes, uh, faults into all. Uh, so it's a little harder to put into words, but what, what do you want to put into words <laughs> regarding compassion toward him? Yeah. I mean, all of those things, really, I would say just looking, I mean, he, he definitely is in a stressful work environment where he's, he, you know, mm -hmm. he, he loves his job in many ways, but it's, it's very stressful, mm -hmm. especially during the summers when they're yeah. in their on season and um, mm -hmm. he puts a lot of pressure on himself. So I know that a lot of times it boils down to time for him. Like his responses have mm -hmm. become very, um, like just to the point even more so than before probably because he just has to conserve time when he's talking with people and getting things across. And so he just carries that over a lot of times into our conversations. And so I can totally understand that. Um, I also understand that it's frustrating for him because I have, not only am I just a sensitive person anyway, in some ways I've gotten a thicker skin, but in other ways it's been that like layering effect of when I don't deal with my feelings about certain things. Like if he's, if we have a conversation and I feel offended, but I don't say anything about it and I just go on with it. Then the next time we have a, a conversation that I feel offended, I feel more offended because then I think back to that other time. Right. And right. So what I've realized is it it's hard because I, in some ways have gotten a thicker skin, but in other ways, I'm more sensitive and he does, he has verbalized this. And I know that he feels this, that he's many times walking on eggshells, that he can't say anything right, that, mm -hmm. you know, it, he, he just, the, that he can say the right thing, but in the wrong way. And even that will right. sometimes make me feel hurt. And that's, mm -hmm. that's mm -hmm. not, a lot of that is on me. And even if it's, yeah, even that, if, that stinks, nobody yeah, wants to live that way. Nobody wants mm -hmm. to live that way. And, you know, it, yeah, I could totally see that. So yeah. it's, it's my easier. husband and I have a really, go ahead. Oh no. I was just going to say it's easier to, to see it from that, from the uh, distant perspective. Like when you're not in the heat of the moment yeah. to look back and say, you know, oh for sure. Yeah. That wasn't, I can understand where he's coming from. Yeah. Scott and I have a really similar dynamic and I remember it was years ago, but I remember just being surprised when I finally understood that he doesn't have a way to like, he doesn't have a, a temperature taker for my emotions. And I just kind of assumed that that came from being married to somebody. And I think like people like you and me were, were empathetic. And so we kind of like, we sort of know without knowing, knowing how somebody's feeling. And it can be really easy for us to assume, like it's it's probably easy for you to assume that all the times that you have hurt feelings that your husband doesn't know about, that he still kind of knows. So that by the time you actually say something, you're like, you should have known because this is the 12th time it's happened. But you never mentioned it the first 11 times. So how could he know? <laughs> you know, that's a good point. Because he's said before that I'm kind of a closed book. Like I don't 
mm-hmm. on my sleeve. And so sometimes I do, but, <laughs> but like you yeah. said, no, I get what you're saying. If I don't choose to let it through, then there is no gauge. There's no way for him to gauge how I'm feeling. And I don't think he has, right. you know, that gene anyway to, to do that. Yeah. Right. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good yeah. point. All right. Now we're on to the actual forgiveness step. So I would say if you're comfortable with it, maybe we do make this the one where you can kind of verbalize and give us an example of what it means to take all of the things that we've talked about and just voice before God, like in prayer form, your forgiveness for your husband. So this can include God, I'm thankful for him because of this. I forgive him because of that. When, you know, when we have these issues, this is how I feel, but I still love him. It's kind of incorporating all of this into a like verbalized prayer. Are you comfortable doing the actual prayer online with us? Yeah, definitely. And one other thing that came to my mind was that I feel like when you're talking, especially about a marriage conflict where you're forgiving your spouse, which I know not everyone is in that Mm -hmm. position, but if that is Mm -hmm. the, the thing that you're going through, the one, there was another thing that I have found that I just, and I I heard it somewhere on a marriage conference or something, but that Mm -hmm. Satan would love for us to think of our spouse as the enemy when he's the enemy of us both. And Mm -hmm. so to think of, of your spouse as being, I think part of that compassion is remembering that you're on the same team and that, that God is, you know, basically put you in relationship with this person, whether they're a believer or not, you're in this marriage. Oh, and for sure. You've somehow mm-hmm. been brought together and that is, it is what it is. And so you're on the same yeah. team. And I think that, that is one thing for the compassion part that, that also has helped. But yeah. Yes. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. On a similar note, before we dive into your prayer, Mm -hmm. uh, I had a similar realization that I kind of put into fiction terms. Mm -hmm. And there was a really dramatic shift when I stopped looking at my husband and me as the two characters. And I added that our marriage is a character, right? Because like the character of the story always has an antagonist. It's not a story if there's no antagonist. So if Mm -hmm. Scott and I are the only two characters, that means that by necessity, one of us is the protagonist and one of us is the antagonist. But when I started to look at our marriage itself as a character, then everything that comes against us is the antagonist and we're not antagonistic to each other. And that was, it's a similar realization to what you just said, just, you know, kind of put in the terms that a novelist would come up with. (laughs) Oh, that is so good. I mean, and that that's totally biblical when it talks about you becoming one flesh, you know, you're not separate from Mm -hmm. the other. Mm -hmm. So if you're one flesh, you can't be at war with yourself. So Mm -hmm. yeah. And sometimes what I find myself doing is like, I'm like you where I can be uh, people pleasing to a fault and I can avoid hard things to a fault. And what I have learned to ask myself is what's not the easiest. That was my default. What's going to be the easiest to get the crisis over or the conflict over. Um, 
the question also isn't what's going to make my husband happy because again that was my default let's just let's just get over this as fast as we can but it's truly like what is best for our marriage and if it's something that gets a conflict over fast but leaves me with resentment that's not best for our marriage you know and so that's a question that I ask instead of like what do I want what does he want how can we get out of the conflict instead of, you know the question is what do we need to do for this marriage and again like thinking of my marriage as a character in this big old story has helped and it's helped me to not make the wrong decision just because it's the easy decision oh that's so good yeah yeah all righty well i am i'm ready to be the little uh uh ant on the wall no bug on the wall fly on the wall (laughs) am i supposed to to fly on the wall i never did the prayer part though am i supposed to do that yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm going to be the little fly and you're going to oh, be the, the fly on the praying. wall. I thought you were ready for me to do your thing. Okay. All right. Fly on the wall. God, I just thank you for, um, well, I'm going to start with confession, Lord. I confess that in this conflict, in the, the grudge or grudges that I've harbored against my husband, that I have played a role. And I just confess that, um, that there have been things that I have done that have contributed to our issues. And um, Lord, I just acknowledge that. And thank you for my husband. I thank you for, I even thank you for the conflict. I thank you for the opportunity to refine each other. Um, I thank you for making us different. Um, I thank you for just uh, the whole journey of marriage that you've created for us and and the way that it sanctifies us and helps us to sharpen one another. And I pray against the enemy's attempts to drive a wedge between us, Lord. I just ask that you would help me to see my husband with your eyes, that you would help me to um, love him unconditionally, that I would not keep record of wrong. And, and I just lay all of the records of wrong that I've harbored in my heart at your feet, God. I just pray that they would Um, be nailed to the cross and that they would stay there. And I forgive my husband, Lord, I forgive him for um, the hurt that I have felt through the words that he's spoken. I forgive him for um, what I've perceived as, as him sinning against me. And I thank you that I'm able to move forward beyond that because of that forgiveness, Lord. And, And I just pray that you would help our marriage to become stronger as a result of the things that come up along the way. And just thank you, God, for being the sovereign Lord. And I just pray that as unforgiveness creeps up in the future, that it will become easier and easier to pull it out by the roots and and just get rid of it and, and just lay it at your feet and move forward. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, well... I guess it's time for you to be in the hot seat now. I get to ask you the questions. I will take the hot seat. Yeah. Okay. Well, so this is going to be if you're going through something that's circumstantial and you don't have a person that you need to forgive, but there's a circumstance Mm -hmm. in life or circumstances that you're, you're feeling anger over. And I think that can be almost harder because you don't have someone to forgive. And so this processing Mm -hmm. is really helpful to draw out some of those feelings. So we are going to yeah. like just 2020, you had said kind of, you know, or the, the whole mm-hmm. pan- pandemic circumstances of just the changes that life had to go through in 2020. 
Yeah, basically my antagonist in this part of the story is everything that's happened in the past 12 months. <laughs> so okay. uh, COVID, lockdown, pandemic, our family move, just stress, you know, and again, this, I wonder if um, the forgiveness, like the 10 steps to forgiveness is almost a misnomer here. It's almost like 10 steps to letting go, right? To to Good letting one. go of trauma or stress, right? It doesn't have to be a big, massive thing. Um, yeah, so we'll just switch roles and you can be the one asking the deep probing questions and I'll be the one sweating in my feet. Okay, well, uh, so what? step one, acknowledging your anger. What, are, what hmm. are you angry about 2020? You know, I never thought about this before. Like, I think there's part of me that's angry that I had no inkling as to everything that was coming. Mm-hmm. I think every other major thing that our family has gone through, um, up to and including like six weeks in the NICU with a baby who we didn't even know if was going to live. Like, I had a premonition. Even like when Scott and I were engaged, I had a premonition. Everything with lockdown and and all of that, there was no warning. And so I think there's part of me that was like, God, that that wasn't fair. You're supposed to give me the heads up, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, what about hurt and disappointment? You know, um, I feel silly for always going back to this, but I'm going to always, I think, keep 2020 in mind. It's like, that's when we lost our dog. I know. Um, not that she passed away, but we had a, a move right in the middle of the year that was a good move, a positive move. It was a d- direct pandemic result, but she didn't handle the stress of moving, and we realized we couldn't keep her in the new neighborhood we were in. Um, honestly, that's probably the biggest disappointment. It's not being stuck at home. It's not that all five of us got COVID. It's yeah, it was it was losing such an important part of our family. Yeah. What is your fear? Where did the fears lie? There was a lot of fear pandemic related for sure. Um, While we had COVID, there was always the fear of, is this going to get worse? Is this going to impact, you know, the the kids seriously? Is this going to impact my husband or me seriously? At the very beginning of lockdown, like, there was such a big question mark. It was like, are we going to run out of water? Are we going to run out of food? (laughs) Right? Like, are we in what's going to feel like an apocalyptic event? Like, not in a biblical sense, but like in a pop culture sense. Um, So there Mm -hmm. was, yeah, I, I would say so much more fear in the past 12 months than really any other time that I can think of just there was so much uncertainty there was fear around the election there was fear around um you know just lots of lots of riots lots of protests lots of scary things so just the fear of living in a world that felt far more dangerous than I think most of us gave it credit for Yeah. And I feel like for those that are processing 2020 in this way, this would be a really good time to like, we don't have time to go through it as deeply, but like to actually just think through, like maybe take every issue that you just named, you know, and, and Mm -hmm. not that they went through the same things, but whatever their version of those issues are that caused them fear 
and then go deeper and just like branch off of that. Well, what made you afraid of that? And, and what are these root mm-hmm. fears? Because yeah, there was, there was a lot of fear and, and unknown in 2020 for yeah. sure. I know the first couple weeks there was the fear of like, what happens if a tenth of the population dies, right? Like we know from revelations, there's going to be a plague where that's going to happen. Um, what happens if my husband and I both die and our kids survive, right? What's going to happen to them? That was for sure mm-hmm. at the beginning, a huge, huge fear. Yeah. Um, are you ready to move on to the sorry? I'm sorry that. I'm ready. Okay. So step four, I'm sorry that I dot, dot, dot. Hmm. First one that comes to mind is I'm sorry. (laughs) This is, uh, I don't want to say this is silly, but this is the first one that came to my head. The reason we had to get rid of the dog is she got off the leash. I'm sorry that I wasn't the one holding the leash because I think I might've been able to, to hold on. Um, Mm. that's one. Um, I'm not sorry that I slowed down so much. Like my, my productivity from a novelist standpoint really decreased, but I'm not sorry about that. That definitely felt like the best decision to make. So maybe it's, I'm sorry that I didn't um, take the time. Like I was going to take the time off writing anyway. I wish that I had spent less of that time feeling guilty for taking the time off. Um, so I guess I'm sorry for not having more self-compassion right at the beginning. It took me maybe a good like two or three months into lockdown before I told myself, you know what, writing books is off the table right now. So mm-hmm. I spent like three months where I could have just been focused on the family and focused on our health and, and things like that. And I spent that time feeling feeling guilty. So in a way, it kind of feels like wasted time. Like God gave me a 12-month vacation and I felt spent the first three months of it like hating myself for being on vacation. (laughs) Yeah, no, I think that probably, um, I think that probably is true for all of us in some way. Okay. I think that, yeah, I think that we all probably, I know that I'm in the same boat with not giving myself a whole lot of grace when it comes to Mm -hmm. just having things and the kids too, you know, like their school and everything is so different and they are having issues giving themselves grace with like, wow, everyone's struggling. Everyone had a weird year. So yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know what else I'm sorry for? I'm sorry that so for several months, my husband worked from home and we got to enjoy a lot more time together. And then after the move, he was back to working like 50, 60 hours a week. So I'm sorry that, again, I just didn't appreciate how special of a time it was. And we had like three or four months where dad was around almost all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what about what you really wanted? Hmm. What I really wanted was for 2020 to never have happened and for my book writing to keep up with perfect great energy and for our dog to still be with us and our family and for us to magically have moved to where we are now without the stress of the actual move Mm -hmm. and for us to still I feel like this definitely applied to my family and I feel like it applied to a lot of people. Like I, I wish that we still had the sense of naive innocence 
that we had before the lockdown started, where we had trust in doctors, we had trust in just kind of the status quo, and we just kind of lived our lives assuming that we would always have decent health and decent provisions. And it's somewhat sad living in a world where we know that that's not the case anymore. And um, one of the things that makes me really, really sad is I miss like theater events. I, I'm sad. So I haven't been to Broadway since I was in college, but I'm sad that there are no shows in Broadway right now, right? Like I'm, I'm sad that those things aren't happening. Well, what about gratitude? Okay, so this will be more fun. Like I'm yeah. super thankful that we're living where we're living. The the move itself was was hard, but now that we're here and settled, uh, I think we're all really happy to be here. Um, that's a huge one. I'm thankful that we all recovered from COVID without any sort of um, like acute anything. None of us had to go to the ER. None of us, you know, had difficulty breathing or were worried about dying. Um, really thankful for that. I'm thankful for just the fun time we did have, right? With like my husband being home more, we were more relaxed, like from the end of last school year, right? So from like March to we moved somewhere in June or July, like for those few months, we had such good family time. It's when our kids got introduced to the psych TV show. We had so much to laugh about from there. So I'm really thankful. I'm thankful that the kids are all healthy and well. I'm thankful that we're living in a, a place where we're all really happy and comfortable. And I'm thankful that we got the time to slow down like we did. And I'm thankful for the dogs we have, right? We still have two dogs. Yeah. They're both puppies still, but I mean, we love them. Um, and that wouldn't have happened. So lots of things that I'm thankful for. I'm thankful that my taste buds start, started working again after COVID. Like we oh, talked I about bet. the last time I had a couple of days where things just tasted so off and funny. And you don't know how disorienting that is until it happens. Yeah. I mean, that is, a, yeah, I'm sure just losing one of your senses, even you don't even think of mm -hmm. taste and smell as being like the top ones that you can't live without. But I'm sure mm -hmm. that puts a whole new spin on, on gratitude there. Well, you know me and how my mind is wired like a novelist. And so I always like come up with these story premises. So during those few days where my taste was off and I never lost it, I never lost my smell, but it just like things were off. Yeah. But I went through this entire scenario. Like what if the human race was inflicted with a virus whose only side effect was that it took away your sense of taste permanently? humans, like 100% of humans who are alive today, uh, and, and all descendants no longer get to taste. And I was picturing like 70 years from now, like these grandparents trying to explain to like to little kids what it was like, and they, they had no way to, um, you know, like it would be like somebody trying to explain to me what echolocation is like. <laughs> Do you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. I don't get what you're saying. Um, but I started to think too, like, I think it would be actually extremely disruptive to society because you think about, especially from ancient cultures on, how significant uh, socializing over food was and food as part of culture. And 
you know, even things like um, dating and business meetings and all these things that happen over meals and church potlucks. And what if all of a sudden people only ate just because it's what kept them alive? And I, so basically my question to myself is like, how universe altering would this be? Would this be a cataclysmic event for humanity or would this just be, um, you know, a thing that happens like some people lived through the depression, you know? Interesting. Well, and I think about all kinds of other things like pheromone sensing and things that we don't True. know, like mm-hmm. how extensive of a role that plays in our human development. Like, true. I don't know. Mm-hmm. That's always been something that I don't know. Anyway. Yeah. Very, very yeah. interesting. All right. Well, let's see what's next. So is that all the gratitude or do you have any others? Um, I'd say those are the, the first things that came to mind for sure. Okay. Well, this one will be interesting. So what do you love about 2020? I love looking back once I learned to stop feeling guilty and anxious about not working on my novels. I love looking back at where we were in the spring where we had so much time lockdown started and then spring came. So we got to go on like my husband and I went on like hour and a half or two hour long walks every single afternoon. I spent a ton of time in our backyard just sitting and being, um, I loved watching psych with our kids. (laughs) Like, Mm -hmm. uh, I know we joke and I know some people like have TV shows that they like and are funny, but it's, it's just, it's always going to be like the most special sitcom because it's what we watch together as a family during a hard time. It's what made us laugh more than anything else. Um, those are some of the things that I absolutely loved about 2020. I also, do you remember the very first week or two before everything got polarized, there truly was a sense of nationality doesn't matter. Ethnicity doesn't matter. Socioeconomic background doesn't matter. We're facing a crisis and we're facing it together. Yeah. Right. That was a, that was a neat feeling. Yeah. We're literally all in this together. Yes. So yeah. I liked that part of it and it, it didn't take too long before it turned polarizing, but I really liked that sense of global connectedness. Me too. Me too. And I, I, I was just thinking about that the other day and just kind of with a sense of loss at seeing what it's turned into and how, how mm-hmm. more than ever, it seems like there's so much division everywhere, but yeah. Mm-hmm. But that is, yeah. All right. Well, what about, um, so how would compassion look in this situation? Cause with a person, it would be trying to empathize with their side, see where they're coming from. What would that look like if you're processing letting go of being angry with a situation? Yeah. So the first thing I would focus on is compassion toward myself. I know we kind of already talked about that, like learning to let go of um, my guilt for not getting things done. But I think what it could also look like is compassion for myself because I went through something really hard. And sometimes even just saying that much is a little hard to say because on a global scale, it really wasn't too bad. Right. Like Mm -hmm. right. if it hadn't been for the added stress, and kind of crisis feel 
really, we didn't go through anything over the past 12 months that a typical family goes through in the course of their family life. You know, a job change, a move to a new community, uh, people being sick for a week, like all of those things are natural <laughs> parts of life. And so I am quick to gloss over and say 2020 was hard, but a lot of people had it way harder. So I think for me, this step would look like stepping back, putting myself in the role of the kind of um, almost like a benevolent parent being like, yeah, it's okay to admit it was hard. Like you went through something that was really challenging um, and just kind of realizing that side of it. That That's the first way that I can think of compassion. But I think basically I would want to take each, each pain point and put myself there. So maybe if my pain point is the, uh, the, disunity what's the word i'm looking for like the um the dissension and the division right um if that's my pain point maybe i could step back and be like you know what people are reacting because they're scared and it's very natural to want to tighten the ranks Mm -hmm. and find your tribe and you know and that can lead towards some extremism but it's natural when people are really really scared so Mm -hmm. that would be the other thing is like taking the pain points and then trying to put yourself into the shoes of, of somebody else who like, I didn't like that this is an outcome, but I can understand where it came from. I think especially if you've got strong opinions about lockdown or not lockdown, masks or not masks, I think this could be a, a good practice for you. Just try to put yourself in the mindset of somebody who has the opposite view of, as you do. That doesn't mean you need to change your mind on the issue. It just means that you can try to understand where they're coming from. Yeah, that can be a powerful exercise for sure. Like just getting to the point where you're willing to entertain what it's like. I know when kids argue that sometimes you'll do the the exercise of like having them role play the other person. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, pretend you're that person. And then like even just role playing the conflict right. back helps them mm-hmm. to have mm-hmm. that understanding. So well, what about yeah. forgiveness? What would forgiveness, like the actual, I guess you're forgiving 2020. I mean, that's, that's just even saying that is kind of mm-hmm. powerful. You know, it's kind of a powerful statement. Yeah. I think it would be sort of like, God, I forgive 2020 for stripping us all of a sense of kind of innocence. Mm. Um, I forgive the events that led up to us losing our dog. And I recognize that you were in total control and I, I do think that it's important, like, I forgive you, God, for not giving me a heads up about all this, because I recognize that you are never obligated to share your plans with me. The times that you have in the past, or that, like, you've at least given me an inkling of what's to come, that's a blessing, and I'm not entitled to that. Um, and so, yeah, there's kind of a sense of humility that comes in there too, right? Like, oh, I was mad at God because he didn't tell me what was going to happen. Well, who am I that God's going to share his plans with me or that I'm going to expect him to share his plans with me? Yeah. And that's, that's definitely a good way to look at it. All right. Well, anything else before we go to the appreciation? I actually, I think we forgot to do appreciation on the flip side on my thing. Cause I don't I think remember we did. Doing that. So what is that? Well, did you want to hang out at forgiveness or do you want to move on? Um, no, I think that that's, that's a good, a good place 
Okay. Well, what is, so what does appreciation look like? You had talked about kind of a debriefing and noting mm -hmm. if you feel different after processing, appreciating that release and kind of God's forgiveness and the, it's the like lid that you put on it. So what would that look like for this situation? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, my first inkling is to go back to some of the things that I truly am grateful for. Um, I actually loved when you asked me what I loved about 2020, because it almost sounds like a laughable question, but then when we dive into it, there's a lot of good stuff there. There are a lot um, of good things. Yeah. Yeah. So I just, I liked that. I think if I were to actually be going through this as a, like a prayer ritual, I might even just kind of sit and picture myself in our backyard on a beautiful spring day with our dogs running around and my husband home, my kids safe and healthy, and just appreciate that sense of calm that um, we were able to enjoy so much in the spring. That's probably another step that I would add for actually like going through this as a, a prayer routine. Um, and then, yeah, in terms of feeling lighter or just noticing things, I think my biggest kind of aha talking to you, uh, you know, because I've, I've already talked myself through all the good things that came, like our move and things like that. Um, I've prayed a lot about our dog and like I recognize that it happened and that's not changed. But uh, the, the one thing that I'm, I like to sort of look at these at, like with a detached curiosity, like, oh, I didn't know that I thought that. <laughs> and that was from the very beginning. Like I, I didn't realize how much I was um, a little shocked. And there might even been a, a small sense of betrayal that I had no premonition that this was to come. It's almost, you know how we talked about how disorienting it would be to, to lose your smell or your taste entirely. It's yeah. almost like, I lost my discernment, right? Because usually I had a sense when something really big or dramatic was going to come. And this took me by so much surprise that it, it, it did feel pretty disorienting on a kind of spiritual level. Yeah, I can imagine. I've, I have never been the premonition type. And so there's only been really one time in my joke that I have the opposite of like extra sense, really? like sensitivities. Um, uh -huh. That I, I typically have like, yeah, but I, I had one time in my life that I had like a biblical premonition that something was about to happen. And then it did not that exact thing, but just that mm -hmm. something was going to happen. Right. Um, but yeah, that could, that would have to be very disorienting that you have this like, okay, God, we're like this, you know, we're tight. You, you let me I know. know. Yeah. And then you just feel like, right. well, you left me high and dry. And why, why would you do that? It you did know? feel that way. Yeah. It felt like it was God in me and anything that was going to come, it, it was going to be just fine because here I am with God. And, and yeah, there was a sense of like, he just left me hanging, which logically I know he didn't, but that is what it felt like. Yeah. Wow. How about you? Because I know we, we forgot to circle back to appreciation for you. So how, how, tell me just, even if it's not the official, like, stuck to an appreciation, talk to me about the process that we went through with you on the uh, steps for forgiveness. Yeah. I mean, no, I just feel like every time that you acknowledge something and examine it, it makes it like puts it in the forefront of your mind. I feel actually yeah. appreciative because I feel equipped to engage with my husband mm. in a better way. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like it's a tool that has been put in my hands. Um, it's a tool to help me to 
be more like Christ in my interactions with my husband. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. It's a tool to love him better. And it's a tool like a weapon against the enemy. Because I, one thing that I, I really, that had come to my mind was that idea of being on the same team. And I love, I'm going to keep that fiction example in my head of yeah your marriage Mm -hmm. is the character and anything else that comes against you is the antagonist you cannot be your own antagonist when you're in a marriage together so I love that that's a great picture so I'm feeling Mm -hmm. grateful for having that I just feel equipped and that's a good feeling yeah yeah I do feel um like some relief actually like talking through for the last like 10 ish minutes. Like I've actually like, I'm not quite in shaky mode, but that's how like I feel jittery. Like, mm-hmm. and I think that's a good sign. Like trauma and stress sometimes need to actually leave your body. Right. It's, it's not woo woo. Like our, our muscles and our tissue, I, I don't know the science all behind it, but they can hold stress and tension. Yeah. And when you release that stress and tension. It's like going on a detox diet and you feel nauseous. Like that stuff has to come out and there are symptoms as it comes out. So I would say, yeah, from a strictly physiological standpoint, I know something's happening because I'm feeling like shaky. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's good. I guess that's a good thing. I guess it's a good sign. Not a great feeling to be honest. Not not a good feeling. Yeah. But yeah. Well, on that uh, note, I mean, I think that's why, you know, prayer is also a good part of it. It's, it's good to be able to process yes. this, not just in a vacuum, but with, you know, God right. and the Holy Spirit being along. So do you want to, um, you want me to close in prayer for us or do you want to close in prayer? Um, yeah, go ahead. And again, I just want to thank you for, for talking through that, because like I said, I, I know something's going on just in terms of releasing some of the tension. Yeah. Um, so I'm sure that from my end on a strictly selfish standpoint, that was a conversation that I'm very thankful happened. Yeah, no, I think they both were great. And hopefully people listening will also just be able to take away some real, even though they don't have the exact struggles or the exact take on these things that we do, there are lots of people mm-hmm. out there that have things that they need to process. So hopefully this will be another tool in their tool belt too. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, if you're married, you're going to need to have some equipment to forgive your spouse. And if you lived through 2020, you're going to have some stress to let go of. So they're both pretty, pretty universally or pretty close to universally applicable. One thing I was going to suggest to you, Jamie, and then I'm going to extrapolate it as a suggestion for our listeners. You know how um, we're not great about it, but we kind of had made a mental note to do our like thorough praying for our families, like about once a quarter. Yes. I think it'd be really cool to add this to, um, you know, so maybe like the first the first month of every quarter, we pray for our home and family. And the second month of every quarter, we kind of go through these steps together and uh, kind of like what we just did or, you know, incorporating more prayer into it as we go. And so for the, our listeners, if you're like, man, I need... Like, it's one thing, you you have the tools to walk yourself through these steps. Yeah. But sometimes it really is nice to walk it through with somebody else. Um, So maybe you can find, you know, a close friend, share the episode with them. Um, If it's going to be like the deep, deep, deep trauma, that might be more of a therapy situation. But if it's 
stressed because we lost our pet or I have this issue with my husband that keeps coming up. You know what? Maybe you could find a friend and share the episode with them and be like, hey, do you want to go through these questions? Just like Jamie and I did. I mean, it was a little bit scripted, but that's okay. Um, this, this is a ritual. And the reason it's ritualistic is so that you can get through all the steps. And I think that it's important that the steps are in the order they are. You know, like we start with acknowledging all of the icky things and we end with all the things that we love and all the things we're thankful for and all the things we appreciate. So if anybody decides to go through this with somebody else, I'm, I'm just praying that God brings exactly the right person to you so that you can go through this together. Yeah. Well, let's pray for that. That sounds great. That's let's a great, do it. Great segue. God, we just thank you for this opportunity to talk through these issues and just open the doors for, um, for just being honest with ourselves and opening the doors for your Holy Spirit to be part of this. I just love that this is a partnership with you, no matter what we're doing, whether it's um, just asking ourselves questions or remembering uh, memories or processing grief or anger or frustration, Lord, you are part of it. And we just thank you so much for the gift of your Holy Spirit that can guide us, that can be present to help us and direct us, that can bring scripture to mind, that can help us um, take some of the ugly things inside of us and pass them through the filter of, of being Christ-like. And, and I just thank you for that, God, for that gift as believers that we have. And Lord, for anyone out there that's listening who is not a believer, we just pray that you would just stir in their heart that desire to come to you, to come to know Jesus and to commit their lives to you. Um, if there's anyone out there listening that has unforgiveness either toward a person or a situation or many situations or all of 2020, we just lift them up to you now, God, and we pray that you would be um, just not only opening their eyes to the need to process some of our feelings, but point them to another person that can help them through it or help them use these resources on their own in a way that will help them to find freedom from unforgiveness, freedom from any of the things that are burdening them or, or binding them up or holding them down, um, freedom from sinful attitudes or behaviors or perspectives. God, that you would just open eyes through this list of questions, God, that you would open eyes to your truth and to the fact that you are sovereign and you are good and um, and just impart wisdom as, as each person goes through these questions. I pray that you would impart a wisdom that is from above that's so much greater than the wisdom that the world gives. And again, we just thank you for that, the access to your Holy Spirit that gives us that. And um, I just pray for Alana, just the feelings that it's kind of stirred up in her, that you would um, help those not to be a bad thing, that they would be processed and and that she would move forward and that they would be left behind, that, that uh, some of the anxieties and the, the fears or the anger that she has been holding on to would just, even in a physical way, just pass away. Um, and Lord, I just lift up my marriage to you. I thank you for this opportunity to focus on that and just pray for you to continue to work and, and that you would protect, um, protect our, our marriage against the enemies 
attempts to drive a wedge between us. I just thank you for that example that Alana gave of us being, our marriage being a character in, in a book. And we thank you for that partnership. In Jesus' name, we just give you all these things. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you all for listening. And Jamie, thank you for being such a great friend and co-host. And is there anything else? Uh, we don't have our official blessing and benediction and things like that up. So are we ready to just end or do you have, do you have something for us? I am good. So I think we're just ready to sign off. All right. Bye. Bye. Thanks for joining us on today's episode of the Praying Christian Women podcast. We'd love to hear from you, so please leave us a comment to let us know what questions or topics we can address in future shows. Then hop over to prayingchristianwomen.com slash journal to download your free prayer guide. We're so glad you joined us for today's show, and we wish you God's deepest blessings as you draw closer to Him and change the world one prayer at a time.